You're listening to Greener Thoughts, the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, and other things you'd like to know. Today's topic, I'm going to be talking about how the world's ocean temperatures are quickly accelerating more than ever. So let's begin. So hello everyone, my name is Nyla, and welcome to Greener Thoughts. Whether this is your first time listening or not, thanks for coming. The podcast Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday for your enjoyment. Please be sure to send your thoughts, comments, or environmental articles by email to greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Today's topic is about how the oceans are warming and they're actually accelerating far beyond what we all thought um, were the levels that were occurring. So this post really caught my attention and the source from today's um, episode is coming from the Huffington Post green section. Um, Before I want to get into the topic, I want to start by saying that I have an update from an earlier episode I did um, we're concerned about PG&E and how they um, are a really, you know, big um, implicator and really a big factor in the wildfires that took place um, uh, last year in the fall. And so PG&E, um, Pacific Gas and Electric, um, as they're also known, is officially filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy um, as far as on the, um, the 29th of this month. And the CEO, uh, Geisha Williams, is also going to step down as CEO. Um, Like I said, this is an update from an earlier topic in the episode 13. And that was published um, on the 6th of January. So go and check that out for more information on that. So in this episode, um, I'm only going to go over what's happening now um, and what's to come as far as the ocean temperatures and how they've been increasing Um, you know, really devastatingly and how we can better prepare for those changes. So the first thing um, is just, you know, knowing that, okay, the oceans are warming. So the oceans are going to, you know, warm more. And so there's going to be more rain. There's going to be increased sea levels. That's the second thing. The third thing is that they're going to be coral reef destruction uh, amongst, you know, the coral reefs that you may know of in the Caribbean. Um, in in different types of other oceans um, that are around. And a fun fact, um, I was actually viewing an uh, an episode of I think Science Insiders video about coral reefs and how um, it it just um, created a scenario of what would happen if the coral reefs around us and on the planet just died and weren't there anymore. What would happen to our oceans? So that's a good you know plug there. I just wanted to talk about that and um if you haven't seen the video i suggest you watch it and learn a little bit more about the devastating effects that could happen on coral reefs if they were no longer here um the fourth devastating thing that's happening now is that there's declining um ocean oxygen levels and then lastly as we all know declines in ice sheets at the poles glaciers and uh, ice caps um, in those polar um, environments, very, very cold um, climates. So um, before what happened is that um, 
they were found to be in this report in Science, um, the the journal um, Science. There were errors in the calculations of ocean temperatures. So scientists found okay that there were errors there, and it was warming. That's actually been happening. Um, that in the last few decades they were actually off, and that um, these calculations were greater um, than what was found in 2013. So that is was well, about you know six years ago, um, and now they finally caught the errors, and they're like, okay, the 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 math and the the estimations that we were using for the ocean temperatures, you know, worldwide were off, and here is um, some more recent and more pressing data to worry about. Um, the main cause of the rise in ocean temperatures um, is um, human activity. So it's caused by human activity. Um, I talked about before um, in in my um, the the downside to online shopping episode was the rise in shopping and the human activity in transportation is a big um, factor in online shopping and. Um, transportation in general is a big human um, um, emission, uh, emission-causing activity. So when you go from place to place, you may be spewing more emissions than you would normally otherwise do. Um, here's a fact I'm going to give you uh, shortly. Um, that emissions in the U.S. actually were hiked um, 3.4%. So from 2017 to 2018, um, so that was a... The, the second largest yearly increase in more than about 20 years in uh, the research um, group, uh, Rhodium Group, actually found that data. And it was really alarming, uh, I think, in my opinion. You know, that's the second um, largest increase because, you know, emissions have hiked in America. I don't know uh, comparatively how other countries fare, but we do know that America just is one of the biggest emitters of um, greenhouse gases and pollutants in the air. So we, there's no really, uh, there's not really an excuse for that, I think. And we have to do better and we have to, you know, measure ourselves. We have to be accountable for our production of greenhouse gases. There's no way around that. Um, in the report uh, in science, like I, like I initially talked about, um, there are two scenarios that could occur um, for the planet. So the first one is that if the um, Paris Climate uh, Agreement goal is uh, reached, then that would be great. If we're successful in that, we would uh, be accomplishing um, not having the global temperature rise more than 2 degrees Celsius. Um, and so it would have to stay um, below that and not rise above that. So it would not have to increase above pre-industrial levels, which for everyone um, in America, that would mean that um, before the 18th century, so pre-1701 um, is is how far we'd have to go um, when it comes to um, our levels of uh, pollutants in the atmosphere. We'd really have to go back, you know, many, many years to the year 17. Um, oh one to look at okay what were our uh our pollutants and what was our emitting power in that year and we'd have to stay at that level to not um increase um global temperatures anymore. The second scenario in the report um was that if no changes were made to emissions in, in America, for example, or anywhere or any of the countries that um were abiding by the Paris climate agreement, 
then it would be significant uh, projected uh, weathers in, in significant uh, severely affected areas where there are ocean uh, ecosystems and the sea levels would obviously change. Um, so my thoughts on um, the topic itself are that I come to this conclusion, you know, now and again that I don't know exactly what is going to have to occur, either devastatingly or maybe positively to affect in some way the people who are creating these emissions, um, the people who, you know, aren't, they, you know, are safe and they're also going to be um, affected by the consequences, sadly. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not like... I'm I'm for the truth and I'm for science, you know, I'm for information and for it to be out there. And I don't, clearly I'm not one to have, you know, client, climate deniers um, be someone I look to for information. I want to sort of scare them straight, but I know that that's hard because when people are setting their ways and we're talking about grown adults here, they're not going to listen. And so, and so I guess the whole problem is, you know, whether science or facts or just a scare in the face of more climate change disasters and more um, disaster survivors who are impacted is is going to wake them up. I'm not really sure what is. Um, we can't have the ostrich effect. We can't have the the sticking our heads in the sand mentality when it comes to climate change because I think we're all at fault to some degree. And for those who aren't, I mean, I mean, they're small in comparison to those who are. I mean, so much of what we as Americans produce um, unsustainably, it's going to cause some effect on the planet, whether we like it or not. And so we have to change our actions collectively. Like myself, I will be buying a, a car in the future, sure. And do I want it to be a hybrid? Not necessarily. I'd like it to be um, maybe an electric vehicle, maybe... Um, solar powered if I could, you know, hydrogen is pretty expensive, but I want to look for alternatives where I know that fuel um, economy and, and having a better fuel economy and bang for my buck is better. Um, I, you know, try and limit my electricity usage. I, like I do, um, like I know before, I don't really do a whole bunch of online shopping and I, you know, look for fair trade Items I love fair trade, locally sourced things, um, things like that. Supporting um, black-owned businesses, um, making sure that um, some products are American-made, sure, but they're also like quality. And so uh, I appreciate you know those attributes when I shop. And you know, climate change is making me think of being a better environmentalist, like totally, because um, you know we only have one planet, and so I want to to be here for when I grow old and, you know, my future, you know, family um, will, you know, grow up and sustain themselves and things like that. So, yeah, I just, I really enjoy talking about climate change and what we can do, you know, as a collective to sort of change the narrative around it and, like, get people more informed. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, enjoy talking about this more in the future, especially with updates as far as the oceans and um, what's happening in the future. 
So I'm going to go to the next topic, which will be the Mother Earth Minutes in a minute. But until then, I'm going to give you a short message. Do you love Greener Thoughts? If you're able to, decide to show your support of Greener Thoughts by clicking the second link in the description box of the episode. It's a direct support link for Greener Thoughts. So in the Mother Earth Minute seg- segment, it's where, um, of course, in every episode, I just have, you know, a few minutes to, to, to go over some actions that you can sort of take to combat the issue in the episode and, of course, say Mother Earth. And for this episode, it's all about um, um, global warming and knowing that, of course, it's real. So I'm going to give a few quotes as far as some global warming and then some tasks that were inspired and that you can take to uh, limit your carbon footprint and eliminate some of the causes of um, global warming and climate change. So the first quote is uh, from Bjorn Lomberg. It says, global warming is real, it is man-made, and it is an important problem, but it's not the end of the world. Um, Bjorn Lomberg is a Danish scientist, author, and president of the Copenhagen Consensus Center. The second quote and last quote is that 80% of global warming comes from livestock and deforestation. That quote is from um, Heather Mills, and she's a British uh, animal activist, businesswoman, and media personality. And those quotes are from BrainyQuote.com. So the message um, you know, is really clear that, yes... Um, we humans are at fault for global warming and there are some things that we can do, of course, to change um, that fact. And if we do not, then there are going to be severe consequences for us in the future. And some of the tasks that I have, um, I created uh, about four or so. And the first one is that you can shop and eat local. So whether that comes to shopping um, or even traveling locally within your state, within a city or some blocks, um, you could travel, you know, take a day, day trip somewhere, calculate your mileage. Um, a fun fact is that with the food you eat, um, a, a big, huge number uh, or percent of it, percentage of it, um, about um, 1,500 miles is the average um, distance um, before your food reaches your plate. Um, that information is from CUSA, which is the Center for Urban Education about Sustainable Agriculture. And they're really big on um, food and educating uh, urban consumers and city dwellers um, about uh, sustainable agriculture. And also they try to link um, you know, city, city dwellers and local farmers together so that they can uh, connect with each other and um, grow food together and um, they can get their food uh, responsibly in the, in that way, from farmer to city dweller. Um, you know, I'm not really surprised about the fact that like 1,500 or 1,500 miles um, is the average distance that it will take for food to come to your plate. You know, as we all know that America is an interconnected, you know, um, country. And so we have systems where... Um, food is going to come from the, the farm or, or straight from uh, a, a planta- um, plantation to be grown and then a source from 
um, some place and then they'll come to us. So, you know, I'm really shocked, but at the same time, not at the same time, um, shocked because, um, the systems that we have in America for our food to be grown make it so that they are far and wide and not necessarily close. Some are close. There are some local farmers available, but you have to really search for them and prune um, for them. Uh, so the second uh, tip I have is that you can go um, and um, be a part of uh, public transportation. And so you can go to your buses um, you can even, you know, bike, which isn't necessarily public, but it is another source of transportation. Um, there are rams, trams, um, there's different types of other sources of public transportation out there, um, so, th so that you can, you know, partake in those. Um, so sort of offset your transportation costs also, but your fuel costs too. The third thing that you can do is try a meatless Monday. Um, you could try meatless Monday, you could try... Uh, a vegan taco Tuesday or a uh, seafood Saturday. Um, so, or you can also opt to be, you know, pescatarian or even just vegetarian. Um, I've been pescatarian for a little bit, I'd say close to two years. At some points I've fallen off, but most of the time I try and maintain that, you know, drinking my water, exercising, yoga, um, not going to the gym, um, you know, driving, going to the gym, mainly staying at home and doing that. So, you know, it's good for me to not um, use that excess fuel and time to, to go to the gym when I can use and have options at home. Um, veg vegetarianism for um, anyone who's interested in that is, you know, very safe. You know, it's very um, holistic, plant-based. Or for those who aren't so, you know, brave, they could also go for a meatless Monday where you, of course, do not have meat on Mondays and can go for um, meatless alternatives like soy or um, legumes, nuts, or um, other options. And then the last tip I have for you is that you can, of course, research the best options that work for you. I always encourage being flexible when it comes to choices and making sure that you have the best options available. So whether that means uh, you may, may be getting a hybrid um, itself or saving um, energy costs when it comes to your light bulbs or in um, another thing that you may have you know thought of you have the most wide range of options when it comes to whether you're going to buy something or not um, take on public transportation or eat healthier you're making conscious decisions to see whether your changes are actually going to reduce um, the money you have to pay for things and reduce the uh, amount of uh, uh, fumes and pollutants in the atmosphere, thus causing uh, greater cli climate um, change to all of us. So uh, I really hope that those tips were super helpful for anyone who's able to uh, partake in them. And I wish you all, you know, can, uh, you know, do those and be strong in that. I do hope that you all do those things because I know that I've you know done some of them, especially when it comes to the food um, and just researching, okay, what's better for me, what's cost effective, and what can I do to just save Mother Earth. Um, I'm really proud to um, partake in some things, and it's a new year, so you might as well go for it and uh, see how it changes you because we only have one Earth, and we want to take care of it the best we can. So that ends that uh, segment, and the next thing is the eco fact of the day in just a bit.
So the eco fact of the day is that bees contribute to more than $15 billion worth of crops every year through pollination. That fact was found on factretriever.com, the website of facts, um, of variable themes, and topics. Next is the call to action, where it's my idea to just have a future in Greener Thoughts where um, I can have a, a conversation and an atmosphere around the individual or um, someone who's a part of a group who um, would nominate themselves or um, someone else and who is an environmentalist who is maybe doing a current topic or um, project in the environmental field or maybe someone who works in the environmental field. Um, if you would like to share your story and be a part of an award, then definitely let me know. Um, you can let um, you know me know with a 200-word essay. And of course, it will be to greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com, the email address. Next is the Eagle Company Spotlight, where I take the time to um, invite anyone who has an environmentally related product or service that they'd like to talk about briefly, but let me review. You can go ahead and, and have that done and let Greener Thoughts know. Lastly, um, I just want to thank you all for listening, and I enjoyed having this episode be informative and, um, you know, free and just a free flow of information where I get to talk about, you know, these things. And so I hope that it was um, a joy and you learned some things and maybe we can talk about climate change. And as this progresses in the future, do updates to this um, story and many others. So as always, be sure to um, send your comments or questions or even your hello to uh, Greener Thoughts Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all and take care. Bye.